This is 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 the local music revolution. The local music revolution. The local music revolution. Local music revolution. Hello and welcome to the Local Music Revolution. How are you doing? On today's episode, we have Lipshock. Lipshock is out of Hayward, California, which is Bay Area, I believe. It's somewhere in northern part, um, more north than I am in the middle. This episode is actually extremely interesting to me because it was recorded on Halloween of 2015. I wasn't doing anything like dressing up or anything like that. I had to work that night, so why not make it a podcast night as well and record some awesome music? And if you've heard Lipshock, then you kind of know that it being on Halloween was just a very awesome, awesome thing to do um, with this band. So we got to talking, and it was a really, really great interview. I had a lot of fun. I think the multiple times in between the breaks when the songs are played, um, because I had a hell of a time uh, during that month. Um, most of my friends know what happened, but me and my wife got stranded in San Bernardino when we went to Knotfest. We were there two extra days, which kind of sucked. We missed seeing Slipknot and the second day, all because of our car breaking down. Um, it was a hellish little scenario, but we got home safe and I was able to do the interview. So I was down, I was out, it was just a bully of a week, and this episode actually made me happy again. It was just really fun, really interesting. It reminded me why I do the podcasting um, for the bands and why I do it for the social element as well. So it was a great, great experience. Quick side note, have you ever been stranded at or after a show um if you have the answer or you want to chime in go to uh the facebook facebook.com slash the local music revolution on twitter at tlmr podcast on instagram at the local music revolution also uh tumblr at tumblr.com slash the local music revolution and you can also contact us on the local music revolution dot wordpress.com let me know the answer let me know the story. If it's good enough, I might put it on the podcast. As many of you know, April 6th was the anniversary of the podcast, which was awesome. Um, on April 9th, three days later, we had the anniversary show, which was even more awesome. Uh, directly due to that, I was asked to try to fill a show that the venue had a cancellation on, um, which was really awesome. Um, it's a last minute show, which kind of out of the blue, no preparation or anything like that, but we are going to do the best that we can do. So the local music revolution is going to throw another show, um, because that's what we do. We support local music. Uh, so Tulare, California, 93274 at Barmageddon. Uh, downtown Tulare. Um, it's going to be Cool Homer Jack, Perception, 
social contract and sexual steve-o and the neighborhood scum if you are at the show on the 9th then you know cool homer jack and sexual steve-o and the neighborhood scum bring it like it needs to be brought the other two bands are kind of fresh i haven't even interviewed them they stepped up to the plate i can't thank them enough so come down entry is five dollars at the door there are no pre-sales because it was such a short notice there are two dollar pbr and olympia there's also four dollar cocktails that you can get your hands on while listening to these four awesome 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 bands you know what else is awesome is our sponsors i haven't done it properly in a few weeks so let me do this stringjoy.com the first sponsor the original sponsor the guys that believed in the local music revolution before anybody else did thank you guys so much you guys are awesome so stringjoy.com you can go on there get custom sets of strings for your guitar bass or even your acoustic and you can get instrument cables that you can customize down to the inch the color and the connector Um, they also do sell picks which is awesome as well so go to stringjoy.com and look at what they can do for you they can give you a custom set of strings to make you play better to make you sound better and to make you have that sound that's in your head come out and show everybody how great you are So what you need to do is you need to go and you need to pick up a set of strings, maybe even an instrument cable, maybe some picks. When you get to the checkout, enter the promo code LOCAL, that's L-O-C-A-L, and you will get a discount for being a listener of The Local Music Revolution. Everything's been addressed. Everything is now good in the world. Here is Lip Shock. All right, we're live. All right, I'm here with Scarlett. And Chunky from the band Lip Shock. How are you guys doing? We are fabulous. How are you? Uh, I'm fairly adequate, or so I'm told. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing well. It's great talking to you guys. I've been listening to you guys for a few days. It's really, really fun. I I really enjoy your music. So I want to know how the band got together. Oh, wow. Um, You know, it goes back almost... 18 years when we had our first practice, but Chunky wasn't in the band yet, and wow. we started playing music and... Uh, so it wasn't a real band. It wasn't a real band then, of course, because Chunky wasn't in it yet. <laughs> yeah, it didn't become real band. until then. And we just started jamming, and I've always been writing music since I was a child, so I just had to find people to play the songs with. We were both <laughs> in different bands, though, for probably five years before we met. So we knew each other. We just didn't end up playing in the same band until somebody that uh, was a guitar player that played with a band she was in and then played with a band I was in. And then subsequently, another band formed, and a lot of musicians listening to this know that old deal. You know, sometimes you cut with three different bands. You, you might know a guitar player in one, a drummer in another. And then pretty soon, then, you know, the sniping began and saying, well, let's get together and do our own practice. So yeah. that's sort of how we built the first band together. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> it, it does. It makes more sense than than I think you guys were intending. It's bad. That's really how it does go. Wow. Yeah. Pure bass player logic. Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> Touche. If there is logic there. All right. So you guys have been together 18 years. That that's incredible. Was it under the same name? Uh yeah. Actually, I mean. Yeah, we were in bands before that, just starting out. But it was this this 
particular project. Yeah, she was in a band. It wasn't called Lip Shock, though. Was it, what was it no, called? I don't remember. Not important. I was in a band called Rock Sound. Yeah. And I was all, this is the lamest band name ever. It sounds like some kind of nursing home term. Oh, Mr. Jones is number three. It's Rock Sound. Get in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, I don't think our first CD we released in 97. 97? Yeah. Wow. That's when we really started to play, yeah. Yeah. Electris was the name well, of that it. Well, one, that one shows up like at weird places sometimes. If you do a search, it shows up as a European import. Wow. <laughs> I found it once at Lip Shock Electris European import. I was like, wow. How did it end up as an import? So that, who knows? It's the internet for you, right? That is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Wow. Well, we've been playing since, I got the band in 91, I think, right? Get your old boyfriend out. Yeah, whatever. Darlin <laughs> <laughs> and I are married, by the way, so We're, we've been a team for a long time. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations, you guys. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that, 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 that's convenient. What <laughs> <laughs> are our husband and wife teams? Paul and Linda, uh, the captain and Camille. <laughs> Captain I was thinking of musicians that are married that play together. Oh boy! I can't come up with. I can't go back there. Wow! Anyway, I'm sorry about that. Hey, that's what makes it fun. That's really no, what it makes is fun. It fun. Yeah. All right. That's how we met. <laughs> oh, nice. All right, so yeah, we, yeah. so you guys got together 18 years ago. That is incredible. So, um, so you guys, you also said your first CD was electric. Electric, is it? Like mistress and electricity. Electric. Ah, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Well, it was a, it was a made up word, and um, oh, thank you. I made it up. You made it up. I didn't even English. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, and it was it was just I don't know. It was just it seemed to apply at the time. Actually, there's a whole bunch of the stuff that went on even before the CD was because we were doing cover band music, and we've had many, many different members, different guitar players, different drummers, but always the core keyboard and drum are in bass. It, the two of us. Yeah, it's Scarlett and I, we were in, you know, we did cover bands with horn sections and the whole thing, but most of everything that we made, we would put in the bank, and that's how we got to making the first CD. And then from there, we kept progressing as a cover band, saving money. And then before the second CD was made, we basically decided, you know, a year or so before to break up all the cover band business and get back into that, writing original. That was in 2009. Yeah. Wow. We did. We went back. We yeah. did We did covers for 10 years. Because we made a lot of money playing weddings and bar mitzvahs. Well. <laughs> so we were a working band, too. Yeah. Wait, wait. So was it a wedding singer kind of thing? Oh, or yeah, we were we started as an original band and then we wanted to do our own CD so we started playing covers cuz you get paid a lot of money when you yeah. it's hard to make money as an original band we as played I'm a sure, lot of weddings and bars as I'm sure yeah. you've heard yeah. so we went to start to play covers to earn the money to do that first CD Electric and then we got kind of addicted to the cash yeah, uh, and so, for '90s grunge and stuff like so that. So then we kept playing covers, and we eventually became a, a, a party band, and got a lot of gigs, big money, four-figure gigs wow. with horns, 
just, yeah, you make a lot of money doing that stuff, but I didn't write any songs for all those years. Yeah, it's just to be a grind. And then in 2009, I wanted to start writing again. So it's really just a few years ago that we really got more serious about original music again. All right, so yeah. after you guys decided to quit the uh, the money, um, sorry, yeah. it was a bad joke. Um, after you guys, <laughs> after you guys stopped doing that, was it? Um, did you have to shake off the rust and actually write a couple of songs that just didn't weren't up to par to what you guys were doing, or was it? Did you guys just slip right back into the writing groove? You know, it's interesting. Um, I write all the songs, so I had to start writing again. And for me to start writing again, I had to believe that I could write again. I, I didn't like anything I was writing for many, many years. And uh, I, st- I, I I don't know how it happened, but I went, I turned it around and I started writing again. Now, I don't like those songs that I started writing again in the beginning, as opposed to as I keep progressing, I think they get better. But um, yeah, I had to believe that I could write a song that makes sense yeah it's it, it's a weird process I mean if, yeah, if you, I, if, I had to I, I had to let myself do it and not stop it from happening in the middle and say this so you were your own worst critic I was my own worst critic yeah that's I had to come in and go look you don't need to be so hyper vigilant about trying to do the best thing right out of the hole so a lot of times the, the creative process process would involve Scarlett saying, here, I got this idea, and then she would play it, or she would basically go, come here, I need you to play guitar, right? <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, God, I'm a bass player, you really want me to play guitar? I just wanted to hear what it sounded like with guitar, because I always wrote it on keyboards, because I'm a keyboard player, so I would write it with keyboards and vocals, and I'd have it all written out, but I wanted to hear what it's going to sound like when we get a guitar part in there, so I'd force him to play guitar. Wow. <laughs> turned out being good because my guitar playing actually started getting better <laughs> and I started coming up with some good uh, parts because uh, we were riding with seven string at that point and I had switched from the first uh, second CD to third CD the second CD I started playing five strings so the tuning and everything's the same yeah. we wanted more of that sort of heavy melodic slash goth type thing but we really didn't have a guitar player at that time so, uh, and then of course with the the uh, advent of technology, um, I had my own 16 track Pro Tools rig set up in our in our studio. So we were able to basically take stuff and you know, for lack of a better term, scratch track it all together and sort of get a concept of how it sounded. And then from there, you know, tweak on it. And then of course, what was really cool was taking those songs with my guitar playing on them. <laughs> And giving them to other guitar players who would compliment me on my guitar playing. And then play it way better, make it, you know, like sickly better than I played it, which made me want to go back to playing bass. Um, <laughs> it made it easier to teach yeah, people the yeah. songs. Yeah, that was the whole idea was, was an interview. I go, here's the song, learn this, let's yeah. go. We're going to the studio. Yeah, and so that way, you know, because those, those songs evolved from their structure from Scarlett directly. She's the one that is the really the music arranging and concept person and a lot of the stuff that she writes is you know it's got a personal it's got a personal meaning there's a lot of stuff behind it the subject matter 
how the songs are put together. And they're purposeful in nature, but at the same time, they're free-flowing in a lot of ways because you, you can't work too hard in any kind of songwriting. It has to be something that comes out in a scene. It has to be easy. Yeah, writing and, a song and, has to be easy. Yeah, unless you're, you know, Miley Cyrus's producer and you have three guys who are getting paid a ton of money and you're putting together a song based on, you know, proven theories about rhythmic tones and the amount of times the drum and the snare hit and, you know, what people listen to and all that crap. <laughs> so for us, it was way more organic, you know, yeah. I mean, and not as purposeful. But at the same time, we always get a lot of compliments about the melodic nature of the song, the hooks in the song. But that's all built in from both of our uh, styles of music that we've listened to ever since we grew up. So we also get along on that level, too, that we both have similar... Yeah of what we listen to so it comes out in what we create wow so <laughs> i'm sorry um firstly applause to you for for mentioning miley cyrus but in a decently formed intellectual thought secondly is i i understand what you guys are talking about i i've recently been writing a cd and it's only me in my studio so i basically made it to where if i it didn't feel right i stopped and i went back to the drawing board and it, it was frustrating it was annoying at times it was one of the hardest things i had to do but looking back on it it's some of the best things that i've put together um, in my opinion, and it made what I did the last time I recorded look like garbage. So I really enjoy that. Well, it's all a creative process, too. I totally understand what you mean, too, about, you know, you get in there and you have expectations about what kind of songs you're going to write. And a lot of times that part, for me, gets skipped because I have an awesome songwriter in my wife, Scarlett, and together we've done this so much we've played so much together that we really have a good feel just like you know if, you, if you're in a band you first meet a drummer like speaking from like a rhythm section part here <laughs> you play you learn how that drummer plays you listen to that drummer and you start to learn how to play off it or if the drummer's really good he actually listens to the bass player but most of the time you know you read that drummer and then when you start going forward and writing originals and the drummer comes in, you already kind of have an idea of what the style is, that they can play their capabilities. So for that, it's easier because you have other people you can sort of bounce things off of and it, and it all gets thrown in the pot and stirred around together. But when you're doing stuff solo and trying to write songs, it's much harder because you either have to be really good at hearing that whole song in your head and then being able to play all their instrumentation or you're always going to be disappointed or feel like there's a shortfall because you're not able to get what's in your head onto that recording the way you thought it should sound or the way you wanted it to sound. So what's good about the music we have and what Scarlett does, and I give her 100,000 props for it, is that she has a great sense of how structure goes together. She has an awesome melodic sense, and she has basically harmonitis. She can take any song that doesn't have a harmony existing and write one in two seconds and then write another one on top of that one. And then even in the studio, we've saved thousands of dollars when we have paid to record at professional studios like this last CD because she was able to come in and do these parts relatively quickly 
because she had already worked on all the harmonies and she knew what they were and there was no auto tune it was all pitch perfect right off the bat but nice. that's because she's just very energetic and through sheer stubbornness she gets it right every time <laughs> nice well that was a nice compliment thank you you're welcome all right speaking of uh recording um can you tell me about the song path of stone that is is a good story because that is about uh, the path of stone is a hard road when your belief system and your feelings are always different from everybody else's and you're always having to follow the harder road the harder path because nobody else is on that path and nobody accepts you to take it but you take it anyway that's what it's about Wow. And looking at and believing in, in alternative religion, there's a lot of spirituality in it actually. Um, alternative religions and other other spiritualities that that are less traveled by the common people. I don't mean that bad though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're talking about it being enlightened. And enlightenment is part of it, but yeah. it's a hard the, the path of stone is the, the path of the hard path. Taking the hard road, even though everybody else doesn't want want you to go a simpler and it's, road. And it's also kind of duplicitous in a way because music is like that when you first started. Oh, that's a good one. You're right. Oh and, but the thing well is, said. What you get out of it is the creativity, and that's the center of how everything is ever written and conceived with our band is based on the number one principle of music for us. You have to have a good time. And even if nobody in the world ever hears this song, ever looks at this music, ever pays us a friggin' dime for any of it, the fact that we know together that we created something almost like our son, you know, something from both of us together that we created like a great piece of art or our son or, you know, the music represents that same deep spiritual uh, fulfillment that everybody who plays music or does art or anything else should always be striving for. Um, and But just with Scarlet, everything is very, um, it's duplicitous, it's intense, and it has universal appeal for anybody. Because if someone didn't like, if you didn't know what that song was about, you would listen to it and you'd be like, okay, are they talking about gardening? What, you know, <laughs> so whatever your interpretation is, usually will fit, right? So yeah. that's the other I don't know if gardening would fit. But. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I, I mean, if you're a trailer park guy with like a third grade education. And, you know. <laughs> it's also, also about ancient religion and about the old ways and uh, it's very and paganism. It's also about that. Ah, uh, yeah. that's a whole episode in and of itself. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to play Path of Stone, Stone right now. We'll take a little break. All right.
That was Path of Stone. So, Scarlett, you're the main writer, as we've heard many a time from your husband. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, So, my question is, you said you write on a keyboard. So, do you write in piano or do you have synth? Because I heard synth in in the the tracks that I heard from you guys. No, it's it's a synthesizer. Yeah, it has, but I use... (laughs) All you know, a bunch of different sounds, and it's interesting because, like, I'll, I'll put a. I'm not very good with programming, and so fortunately, the keyboards all come with all those sounds. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll put a sound on, and I'll just put my hands down and start playing. And a lot of times, like Path of Stone, for example, I had that really cool bell sound that year. Yeah. So I started playing around with that, and it gave me the idea for the song. So I'll start. I'll find a sound that is really cool, but a lot of times I use piano too because I'm a piano player. So I have a lot of songs that are also on the CD that I didn't. There's one that's yeah. just all piano and yeah, nothing I else. The, I think the process of how she builds the song is based on the type of patch that she finds. Yeah. Um, because usually what will happen is Scarlett will have a patch. She's like, oh, this is interesting. And she might even play the same little melody line she plays on five other songs, but she'll do it in that patch sound, and then that'll develop into some kind of idea. And then usually it's just the lick that starts, right? Because a lot of the stuff we write together has keyboard-led concepts because if you come and see us live, we have, we have a keyboard and singing and in the middle of the stage. Yeah, so yeah. you know, all on one side or the other. We're, all, we're yeah. tough for the sound people because right. I'm... Being the lead vocalist, I want to be in the middle, but I also am playing the keyboards, and I lead a lot of the songs because they come from the keyboard. So um, I have to... Well, they come from me, but I mean, like like a lot of times I'll write the song with all the chords and all the changes and all the arrangements, and then I'll hand out sheets to everybody, except the drummer. He doesn't have to look at anything. And then... (laughs) You know, yeah. a lot of times what I wait for, when once I hear the guitar and the bass, once I hear it, sometimes I remove my keyboard parts so that there can it can so it can so it can be more dramatic when I come back in. Yeah, okay. I'm very, and, you know what I mean. So I have to stop playing, take my hand. I mean, I'll write the song and I got to have the chords so everybody knows what to play. But then I remove parts a lot of times. I take I take my hands off so that the uh, it can be does that make sense does that make sense yeah, yeah it it makes perfect then sense the guitar will drive a ver- then the guitar will be driving the verse and then the chorus will come in and I'll bam on one of my other keyboards and use another patch and you have different sounds as you heard in the songs I'll use three different patches on one song. So the chorus will have but, these big know, old strings I and orchestras. I think like in Path of Stone. And you'll hear it in a lot of other songs that people who listen to this really want to check out our music. And they like that formula. It's there in a lot of other songs, but at the same time, it's purposely going in different directions at the same time. And like, you can get three different types of people who listen to music. One who likes guitar players more than they like keyboard players. One who likes female vocals and singing more than they like guitar. 
and they all pick out parts of the music that they like, but they always have the same comment. And this has happened time and time and time again when we play shows and people come up to me and they compliment us, they're very complimentary. They always say, I, you know, it, it's like you're a wall of sound. You, I never really heard one person or the other without yeah. all of you guys together. Right, so we always make sure when we play live that comes across. And part of that is all her process. That you Actually, you're, you're not this because when I when I write the song, once we get all the other instruments in with it, the drums, the bass, the guitar, it becomes so much bigger than when I started. Yeah, that's the high that's right the thing. thing. Yeah. Is that's where I get that's the, such a high when I come in and all it is is me all alone, you know, tinkering around and singing, and then we bring in the instruments and all of a sudden the song takes a life of its own and it becomes so much bigger than I, it's, it's huge, it feels really, it's really intense when that happens. Yeah, <laughs> that is the coolest thing right there, is when, when, it, when it grows after everybody learns it, we start adding all the, the parts and the stops and, and dynamics and quiet parts and loud parts and it just becomes this it takes a life of its own it really does so have you ever had a, a problem with getting a song to go from piano to like heavy distorted the goth sound you were talking about no no <laughs> wow good for you no there's no problem it, happen, it just happens naturally. see i'm good at taking what she's putting down and arranging the rhythms behind it because I don't even need a drummer. I can hear what the beat should be. It's there in my head when I'm writing it. Rain of Fire, Rain of Fire started out to be something else. And um, when I sat down with the guitar and started playing to it, I said, oh, this is going to go somewhere way different. Yeah. And then she's like, I don't know. I don't like to be all like weird. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. No, I made you write the guitar she part. She did all over it at first. I was all like, stick with me, stick with me, okay? And then she came to the next part, and I'm like, oh, it's going to do this. I don't know. I don't like that. And then lo and behold, the recording came out, and it was like, oh, my God, this is badass. I told you so. <laughs> That is awesome. I remember it that way, but okay. So, Scarlett, are you classically trained? Yes. You are. I used to, I used to be an opera singer. So, so both vocally and uh, piano, you are you not are... piano. No, I I mostly play by ear piano, but I did have enough piano that I know all the chord structures and stuff, so I can teach it to other people. I can say, you know, to a guitar player, I can write like a chord chart. So I, but I can't really read music very well, piano. But I, I, I used to be able to sight read vocal music, though. I was pretty good at that. Oh, I, I, I hate sight reading with a passion. Oh, it's off. I don't like it. I look back. I can't believe I ever did that. It's terrible. <laughs> I, I was. I only had enough time to learn how to play the drums. Um, I know oh. how to read drum music. And oh, that's that hard. Yeah. I hate. I hate marching band. I don't like sight reading. I don't like marching. I like playing metal. That's fun. Yeah, no. Sight reading vocals isn't so bad because it's only one note you're looking at. Yeah. When you're singing your part, it's only one note, and you're following that one line. But piano, you've got to read bass and treble, and that's too hard. I can't do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've looked at it, and it kind of feels like my brain's going to overheat. Kind of deal, it, so. it will. You're, it's a good thing you didn't do it because it will overheat. It has <laughs> happened to people. 
Very dangerous. <laughs> That's good to know. That's really good to know. Yeah, save, save your brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so can you tell me about the song, uh, Just the One You Love? You Love. Just the One You Love. I wanted to write a song. I wanted to write one about um, when you make, you make a terrible mistake in a relationship and you want to be forgiven for it. And in the end, you, you couldn't really help it. It was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just the one you love. You know, I just made a mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's where it was very simple. It was a very simple premise. And I, because I, I write a lot of stuff that's too out there. So I wanted to write one lyrically that, yeah, that like, was a little more down to earth right, that people like, could relate you know, to. You make a big, huge mistake uh, and you hurt somebody. And, you know, it's the, the lyrics are, you know, I've done all that I can just to make your pain go away. Oh, you know the words? Of course. <laughs> I sing it every time we play it. You know, so it's, it's kind of fun. And unbelievably, I hate love songs, but it's nice because Scarlett comes up with a different approach. Yeah, I wanted to do something different. And, and yeah. that song is dramatic, too, because it, it's, it starts out kind of quiet and slow, and it's, you know, it's very thoughtful, and you're like, okay, it's just another love song. Bam! Club over the head. Whoa, here we go. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, now back to the quiet part. Bam! In your face. Yeah, you know, we thought, yeah that one has yeah, that that. down dramatic. I like dramatic songs. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so right now I'm going to play just the one you love. Excellent idea. Okay, I'll go put it on, too. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
that was just the one you love so this part of the interview is actually just going to jump in here there was a little bit of talking and i really thought the words of wisdom that we are about to hear are pretty decent so here you go well that's one of the things we've learned is that never take yourself too seriously because i saw old i heard and i saw an old interview of, of me like 15 years ago and i was so serious about everything and uh <laughs> it was horrible and i thought oh my god i can't be that serious i mean it's okay to you know that it's important but don't ever take it seriously that's most important yep because then you stop having fun yeah then it's yeah. not fun it has to be fun and you know fuck it that's not the right to it yeah, yeah because it's definitely not about making money no or doing oh no something. It'd be I, nice if we money it it would be nice if we can make money being musicians you know especially the people that enjoy it and actually are musicians yeah it would be nice but uh, it's really a labor of love i've i've found in my experience that it's either music or i'm extremely unhappy so yeah um, no you're right well yeah when you start raising kids those are the two hardest jobs i always tell everybody raising a kid or being in a band, especially if it's your PA and your van, and you're taking all the gear there, and you're the first one there and the last one to leave, you take an equal pay cut like a dumb shit when you should take twice the pay. We <laughs> did do that three times the work. Oh God, that's yeah. I mean, we did do that. Yeah. yeah. So that was the other reason too that uh, we had to stop. The covers you know, was just we were doing all the work. Uh, Oh, that's terrible. I'm and sorry. Split the money. It was awful, and they were so nasty. The money really. When you start making that much money, people yeah, get really yeah. awful. Yeah, we could write a book about that. That's that, yeah. the cover band scene. Yeah, oh like man. A whole chapter on like you know the guitar player. <laughs> Starts out being your friend, but actually, your oh. agenda that you don't know. We had, yeah, oh, we had wow. a terrible. Our player thinks he's the best musician in the band, and he's got the. never wanted to be in a cover band um i flirted with the idea so i could play music and then it just it hurt. yeah it, it really hurt yeah, I mean, it's so. cool for the money but oh god people are nasty well, <laughs> that's a whole other subject we could talk about yeah. the difference in venues between cover and original oh that's band. that's an interesting, that's and, interesting you know, one too. what's your what's your after as a musician do you want to sit at home just record music for yourself if you want to go out and play some bigger stages, you know, it's like a card house. You can build it all the way up, and then one person can tear it back down again, especially if it's all people in the band and they're individuals. That's another advantage that Scarlett and I have. Nope. We, yeah. yeah. 
we are the foundation of this band. We do everything on our own to put together. Yeah. We don't let anybody on the outside. The drummer is basically been with us six or seven years now. Six or seven? Since 2009. Yeah, so That's... he's part of our solid core. But anybody else that gets in the band, like any guitar player, is considered a hired guy. We have bad general. luck with guitar players yeah. sometimes. But yeah. the whole idea is that that card house doesn't have a foundation until you get past that process, whether you're original or a cover band. And then once you get to that point, you got to make sure everybody's agenda is on the same page. Yeah. And I've seen people come in and then. Oh, yeah. Recently, and, uh, yeah. I mean, we had. Go ahead. No, I just said you have to be careful with. No, actually, I think I might put some of this in there because it's very insightful. Oh, okay. It's yeah. just, you have to be careful. Be careful how good of friends you are with the people in your band. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like you want to be friends, but then at the same time, you, you, you have to be careful because, the like Phil just said, the agendas can be different. Well, that's the thing. It's, yeah, different. You, have to, you have to, before anything starts to get serious, and you're, you go from the fun factor to booking shows, and then people put, um, you know, trust in each other. Okay, you're going to be there at 7. You're going to play all the tunes. You're going to practice the tunes. You're going to – and as soon as everybody in the band perceives one person isn't doing their job or that one person starts to get flaky, then it, then it creates resentment. And then once the resentment happens, it shows up live and on the stage. And, and so you get uncomfortable. Any band that you ever see where everybody gels, they've been established a while, they're a big family, nobody's got any ego, they're all good musicians, so nobody's looking around going, man, if I have to carry this shitty drummer one more night, I'm going to shoot myself, you know what I mean? <laughs> so all that internal bullshit is out of the way. And then that's where you get to the it factor, almost like the yeah, whole, you know, they, they talk about the Goldilocks zone, you know, the Earth's Goldilocks zone of the, of the universe. It's like, wow, wow, you went way there. Well, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, I always think about pictures, and that's what it's like with the band. It's like you get into the Goldilocks zone. So if you listen to all three of the CDs we have out, the last CD that we did, Soul of a Broken Mind, we were in the Goldilocks yeah. zone as a band. But we still, when we walked away, said, you know, we like the guitar player. He did a great job. But we really, really still haven't found the guy that's going to put us over the top um, because um, the other guy, Art, is, he's an awesome talent. He does a great job, and we do appreciate it. And we enjoy playing with them. We just want to find somebody who's got, who wants to write a little bit more, too. And Art's the kind of guy that he's so busy. He's busy. He's a lot of bands. He's, he's so. busy. So he was... He um he was he did the CD with us, but since then he's joined other bands and we've been looking for guitar players, and he's coming back to play with us at a Halloween show tomorrow night. Oh, nice. So uh, it's, it's, it's yeah he's he's a really good guy. We really love him. We just it's just hard. Everybody it's, for us it just seems like guitar's been the hardest one for us to nail down. Guitarist is pretty hard for anybody to nail down though because they're yeah, that's they're the worse. They're really worse than singers, though. Like, I, I in my experience, the singers are, you know, okay. I can deal with the the you know giant head a singer can get from all that stage yeah. presence, but the guitarist. A huge ego, I admit that. Uh, well, <laughs> no, but you're not an asshole. No, but I'm not an asshole. No. Yeah, no. but I, I've. I've had guitarists that that they did solos where there was no solo in the song. 
in a live yeah. setting. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a good one. And then I asked, I asked them why, and they're like, I felt like a solo should be there. I'm like, over a vocal? Like, please, seriously. Yeah. Just, oh. like, listen, feel the room, bro. Feel the room. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know what, you're talking about the, the difference between seasoned musicians, whether they're original musicians or they're cover. Seasoned musicians know one important thing about music. You play to the song and what the song tells you to play. You don't, if you're bored, you don't, even if you can play a million licks, you don't throw them in. If the song is written and there's a part, it's your job to play the part exactly the same way every time. And if you're not doing that and you're bored, then you need to get out of the band because you're taken away from the song. And that's the big problem. Guitar players typically will basically masturbate all over something thinking it sounds great because it, it, it's tuned into their ego. Like, they get off the stage and go, you know, oh, man, did you hear that great Yeah, but couldn't any member of the band be that way? Of course. Everybody I mean, the singers can do that. Well, see, that all of, anyone can do that if they're not, you know, playing for the song and, and being a team player, you know? Well, there's also a trick to being able to play a lot in a song and making it sound like it should fit the song. Like, I do a lot of extra stuff on bass. Because you I do? Can. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, 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 do, I do it to the I do have to admit that there's been times where I did get bored playing the same song over and over. So there would be fills that I would try, and some nights they would work, some nights they wouldn't. You know, it was that kind of thing, but I've never... I've never blatantly tried to like go into a drum solo over a part of a song where it doesn't even fit. You can't do it in a rhythm instrument. There are rules, you know. No, I've (laughs) there are rules. I know a drummer who would get bored, and he would overplay. Yeah, he would Keith Moon all over the place. Don't worry, he's not going to hear this. Jesus, don't say people's names. John Capalongo. I'll tell him those faces over everything. He was, he's a really good drummer, so he would get bored, and so he would, he would start playing, overplaying on the song. And it, would lose, it would lose the groove. Cause he, and so it can happen with any musician, or singers that, you know, start ad-libbing over something, I guess, can happen. I'm not a good enough keyboard player to do that, so I don't, you don't have to ever worry about me doing that. <laughs> My parts are so simple. <laughs> yeah, you're like right on the fringes of your ability. Yeah, I'm right at the point. edge of my keyboard playing. Yeah. Well, hard. I'm singing the whole time, you know? So. Oh, cry me a river. So I can only do so much. Yeah. Okay. You're the only one at the end of the night who's getting a million people coming up saying how great you are while I'm out in the van loading up. <laughs> <and> whatever. <laughs> oh, it, it's seriously, it's the story of the rhythm section's life. I mean... The drums, well, that's like, like that's your stuck, yeah. That uh, it, that's my curse right there. <laughs> but you know, I know as a musician, I know that the most important instruments are the drums and the bass. If the drums and the bass are together, everybody else can fuck up, and it will still work as a song. Yeah. As long as the drums and bass are there, they're the super solid foundation right. that are normally unappreciated. But I appreciate it because well, I know that that's the most important part. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They're not the glamour instruments in the band. Yeah, you don't get the glamour. But yeah. if you look at certain music, like funk, yeah. disco, 
you know, some soul. We did play a lot of funk and dance. All that stuff is all bass-led. I mean, if it's dance music, you're the hero. The guitar player's just going, he's got an E-augmented nine. ching 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 You know, it's not like power metal where, you know, that's you got your bandits on, one leg up on the monitor, you know, you're just all, oh, 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 Where's the bass player? He's standing back by his FCT 810. Man, nobody even knows him here. <laughs> Whatever. That's true. When we were, when we were uh, a funk, we had funk and disco playing. That was fun. And we had a horn section, and the bass was... I was that was awesome. That, the bass and the drums kept that. You could just have bass and drums and nobody else, and it would be fine. Because <laughs> drums are oh, awesome. God. Yeah. <laughs> drums are awesome. All right, so... Uh, can you tell me anything else about the song Rain of Fire? Oh, that one. That was another time when I wanted to write a song on the other side of the coin about relationships. And I wanted one where I got pissed off and, like, super pissed off, like I was going to kill somebody. So it was Rain. It's R-A-I-N of Fire, because I thought that was cool, because fire and water, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And... So uh, it was one where I got to get super pissed, and I'm gonna it's gonna I'm gonna kill the soul because I'm really mad. So I don't usually get to write songs like that because I never get that mad. <laughs> yeah, you're you're more introspective. Yeah. I'm introspective, but of course that's the one that got aggro because I. But I will say this one I have to give credit to to Chunk. Who? Because when I wrote the song, I had all the chords. But I wanted it to be guitar-oriented so that not all our songs were always keyboard-oriented. Yeah. So I made Phil pick up the guitar, and I said, come up with a guitar part with these four chords that fit in this time span. Right? <laughs> I think he got four bounce here. He got four yeah, bounce here. That was trippy, too. Cause I was like, and he did it. That he was came up with that guitar part. I, uh, yeah. I dropped D-tuned on that, a regular six-string, and I just dropped the E to D, low D. And... um it gave me the whole hook, the whole idea for how. It was cool. I said, "Here's the chords. You got, you got four measures. Come up with something." <laughs> I, 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 you gotta come up with something. I don't want it to be me again. And he did. And he did drum, a great job on that. Our drummer Joe, um, you'll hear in that song that his feet never stop moving through the whole thing. Oh yeah, the uh, the, the sound engineer the talked about. The, the double bass on Rain of Fire, how many counts he had to do oh. on that for, in the in the uh, in the mixing and mastering. There was something for that particular tune was really complicated for drumming. I love uh, he double had, bass. Yeah, drum triggers to the actual drum. Beat. Oh, okay, whatever oh, he did. That but is brutal. The hardest. That was the hardest one, though. Oh, that's yeah. I I love double bass because if it's done correctly, it makes the song sound great. If it's yeah, oversaturated, yeah, you don't, you don't overdo it. Yeah, well, as long as you get the timing right too. That's what bothers me a lot about a lot of the metal. We play with a lot of metal bands. I mean, super metal. I mean, we're like you know Pop Warner compared to the <laughs> metal bands that we play with. And they're they're what bothers me is there's the double bass never stops for seven songs. 
I mean, it's continuous. Well, that's the formula. I know that's the formula for that kind of music. People aren't just, going to a metal show like that to listen to music. They're going to the mosh pit. Yeah. Heads in the mosh pit. Yeah, I feel like a yeah. wuss when you can play. Same thing with the right hand on the guitar. Everything is just droning. Yeah. I'm a wuss check when we and play. Every band band. Nowadays, every <laughs> band nowadays, they're all drop C. You know, they're all drop really low tuning. And everything's just go, 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 go. I'm a pansy. You know, it's my expression. It's all like... Oh, I did sing... I did sing with a thrash metal band for two years. Two years ago, I was singing... Because Lip Shock wasn't... We were having such a hard time finding guitar players that I was getting bored, so I sang with a thrash metal band. And they were super thrash, but I'm not a screamo. I can't really do that. And it hurts. I'm not. And so I would try to sing melodies over massive. It was kind of challenging and interesting, but I never really liked the songs. It just. There's no dynamics. It didn't work for me. And I, I just. I wanted to try it, you know? See, personally, I come from a metal background my favorite band is pantera and oh okay you know, that's awesome yeah, yeah so it, you know i i learned from vinnie paul like what vinnie paul said in interviews and what you know he played was gospel to me for a long time yeah. and i learned from him like if you take a step back just to take a step back play at a lower bpm you know, it lets you breathe, and you can add crazy-sounding fills and, and things like that, and you can groove with the guitar. Um, yeah. The, the fast stuff, it has a place, but there's some times where it's just like it, this song would have been ten times better if you would have down, you know, taken down the BPM no, like better. Sarah has this, the melodies in there. Yeah. No, they're, yeah, they're, oh, no, that's, yeah, this is, yeah, no, I like Pantera stuff that I could live with. It's, it's the super with the Cookie Monster vocals. I get kind of tired of too. <laughs> it's just I, get, I like to hear melodies, but I can appreciate it. I, I mean, our son is a really good drummer, and he he can play super fast double bass, but he can also play funk and and rock and you know. So he we made sure to make him a versatile drummer. Because who knows, maybe you could get a gig playing and make some money, you know? Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't hurt learning new things and new genres. It only makes you better. Oh, it should be that way. It's better. And, you, and the more versatile you are, I think the more you can work with a lot of different people and not get into one thing only. Exactly. So, um... <laughs> That conversation kind of got a little away from us. Sorry right, about that. Right now, I'm going to play Rain of Fire. Uh, we'll okay. be back in a second. <laughs> Didn't 
All right, that was Reign of Fire. So, Scarlet, Chunk, it's been great talking to you guys, but alas, it is time that we should go. So, how do we get a hold of you guys? How do we find your music? We are all over the internet. We are on iTunes and Amazon, and you can even order the physical CD off of cdbaby.com. Nice. It's Lipshock, L-I-P-S-H-O-K. Uh, feel free to download. You know, we got good stuff. We got a great video out there. Um, we're hoping to get into the studio in the next couple of months to do a whole brand new CD. Um, nice. The new music, it, it's I always progress. At least I like to think I am. It's, it's, <laughs> it's heavier. It's very different than what we've done on every CD. I try to be different. Yeah. Because I feel as the songwriter, I don't want to write the same stuff all the time. Yeah. So this new stuff coming up is really badass. I am so looking forward to going to the studio with this new music we have. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, email us where. So well, we're li- easily you can go to the website. We're on Facebook. What's our direct email? Lipshock at AOL.com is right yeah. there. Comes right if you like it. any T-shirts or CDs, we have those available. We can mail them to you directly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the best way. And... Uh, yeah, definitely. We're working on some titles. The Secret Garden was one we had for our new CD we're coming out with. Um, but in general, we've got shows still. Follow us. We always post videos and talk about the band. And by all means, if we even get one person that hears your show that likes our music, we 100% appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you. For sure. It's, oh, it's more fun. Mostly it's most important. Because yeah. we're having a good time. And if somebody can have a fun time with us, yes, that's great. <laughs> I'm having a great time with you guys. It's been a blast. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Hey, Andrew, I'm going to send you a T-shirt and a CD. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. So I'm going to on Facebook. Just give me a mailing address. Of course. I'll send that out to you next week. I would love to send that to you. Oh, that you are too sweet. Thank you so much. Oh, you're totally cool. It was a blast. Let me know how I can share this link, though. Maybe you can get it when you get it up. On yes. your YouTube channel or whatever, just give me a link so I can share it with everybody. Of course, Thanks. I will do that. Um, Thanks, thank you Jen. so much, you guys. I have had a blast talking to you. You guys are me amazing. Too. You are Congratulations on everything. Please keep in contact with me because I want to know what you guys are doing, all right? Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. All all right. Right. Have a good <laughs> Halloween, dude. I will. Thank you, guys. Have a good, good night. Good night. So that was Lip Shock, and this is the weekly Dirtbag Block of Rock. Good roll program confirmed. Go and throttle up. You are now listening to the Dirtbag Block of Rock. Welcome back to the Dirtbag Block of Rock. we got Mr. Damian Baker on the phone right now from the band The Everyday Losers based out of Indiana. Damian, say hello to everybody. Hey, guys. How you doing? We are doing outstanding. Tell us about the Everyday Losers. We're a band from Southern Indiana. Um, we're doing a lot of cool things right now. We're finishing our album right now, our second full length. Got a lot of stuff in the works. You guys kind of got a punk vibe going on, right? A little bit. I'd say since I got in the band, and probably a year before I got in the band, actually, it's really changed into just your your harder rock stuff. Before I was in the band, it was definitely, I would say there's a lot of punk influence, but I think we've evolved since changing drummers. I think that kind of helped a lot. How have you guys evolved since you got in the band? I know personally for me, just as a player, 
playing with those three guys has helped me so much. Do stuff to stay tuned and listen to it. That sounds good. Sounds like you guys enjoy what you do, man. Uh, I see that you guys are from Washington, Indiana. So what cities do you guys normally play in? You guys tour around the Midwest, any? Yeah, man. I mean, we've, we have literally been everywhere except for like Hawaii, Alaska, Washington State, Florida, and California. And I think we've dodged Arkansas, something like that. Like, we went everywhere, but that just happened to be the one state we always drive around. We've been all of the East Coast this summer. If every plan that we have goes through, then uh, we'll definitely hit up the West Coast for sure. Tell us about the road, man. I got really lucky because I didn't have to go through all that developmental stage where you lose game members and things like that. I just happened upon coming in and being very lucky because they already had an established sound. So I got to come in and just kind of lay down what I thought would sound good with them. As far as being on the road, it really helps me have four best friends in a van. You know, it doesn't help with two brothers, but you know, you understand. So, four four best friends that anyone could ever have. Right. <laughs> for sure, man. Hey, uh, Thank you very much for your time, Damien. Uh, we appreciate your time. You got the floor, my friend. Anything you'd like to say? Yeah, man. I look forward to our, our new album. Definitely check out our Facebook. Just Facebook at the Everyday Losers. And uh, give us a like. Check us out. And hope you like what you hear. That was Damien Baker from the band The Everyday Losers. This is their latest single, You've Got War, right here on the Dirtbag Block of Rock.
For more music from the everyday losers and other Dirtbag sponsored artists, visit Dirtbag.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Dirtbag Clothing 1996. The Dirtbag Block of Rock is brought to you by Dirtbag Clothing, sponsored by Pair Booking. So that was the show. What did you think? I'm really interested to hear what you think. So, facebook.com slash the local music revolution on Twitter at TLMR podcast on Instagram at the local music revolution on Tumblr at tumblr.com slash the local music revolution. And of course the almighty, the local music revolution dot wordpress.com. Let me know what you think, or if you have any suggestions for the podcast. If you are interested in finding us in different locations, you can find the local music revolution on iTunes and you can also find us on Stitcher and sometimes YouTube. I kind of gave up on YouTube because damn, it would just took way too long. So you can go to each respective site and you can search the local music revolution. The podcast will pop up and you can add subscribe rate and comment the local music revolution. Next week's episode will feature the Full Circle Podcast. The podcast contacted me and asked me if I can do an interview with him. Uh, Sean Fay, the host of the Full Circle Podcast. Sean reads the news, man. He is a news outlet for rock and metal news that you need to hear. So, you can go and find the Full Circle Podcast and you can hear that interview here later on uh, next week. That is it for the show this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys are awesome. I do have a lot of information and things coming your way. So as soon as I find out, you guys will know as well. Until next time, this is the Local Music Revolution. I am Ogre. You are awesome. Take care and be good, everyone. The local music revolution, 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 local music revolution.